Hey guys, welcome to the Idol Life Podcast. This week I sit down with my brother Josh Bitzer and his son Jasper. And uh, they've had quite the season this year. They went from Washington, had a really good blacktail season. They went from Washington to Montana, and then they ended up over here in Idaho. Um, so we're just going to talk about the three different species of deer they were hunting. Blacktail, mule deer, and whitetail. So hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Idle Life Podcast Series. This is episode number seven, I think, and it's a real special episode. I got my brother and my nephew from Port Townsend, Washington. They drove all the way over here. So we're going to go over their season. They started out on the Olympic Peninsula, and then they went to Montana, way east, and now they're over here hunting whitetails, and I just want to get a recap on their whole season. They've had a pretty good season so far, and now we're in the whitetail range. Yeah. You guys have hunted blacktails, whitetail, or blacktail, mule deer, and whitetail now. Yep. Yep. So first off, this is Josh. Josh, my brother. How's it going? And uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, Josh. Give us a little background on you. Um, I grew up in a little town called Brennan in Washington. Um, that's where I started hunting was in Brennan. And uh, worked construction, doing drilling, and like hunting and fishing. Taking this stinky little son bitch with me. <laughs> you do not like fishing. You hate fishing now. Okay, so now this is Jasper talking, guys. Jasper, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I was born in a small town. Or no, I was born in Port Townsend. Yeah. I live in a small town called They're Chibidum. both small towns. <laughs> Dude, Port, Port Townsend is like the city for us. Yuppieville. Yeah, Yuppieville. Um, I like hunting and I like fishing and that's about it. I like fishing and hunting. All right, so let's get a recap on your seasons. Oh. So let's start with the blacktail. Like, and I don't want to just get right into the hunt and how you walked in there and killed that buck. Like, he shot a nice buck, guys. It's a really nice buck. It's a stud. I'm jealous of it. It's the biggest black too. That was the buck I was after. <laughs> well, one of them. So, like, like talk about your prep and like going out with your dad. I know you guys did some preseason. You guys have hunted these deer for a while. Well, so same spot for ten years. Yeah, yeah. and you've got what three years of history with, with that, that deer, that deer, and then the other one that's out there is what, year six long time it's might even be year seven i mean he's six by five and he's got mass and he's got eye guards that are almost five inches long now he's old. probably probably close to 18 inches wide wow he's a big deer it's huge i've only seen him twice in the daylight the rest is on trail camps between midnight and three yeah, but in the daylight, like, it was right before dark. Right before dark, yeah. So, what was your plan going into it, like, for this, like... We always hunt this area the same way, like, Jasper and Sean, my other son, um, my oldest son, 
he do, they don't really like sitting too much and I just finally started sitting like what two years ago yeah and um, that was when I had the second encounter with that three-point that he shot well I guess it's not technically a three-point I guess it's more than that but um, we call it a three-point with eye guards over there and it's got three eye guards on one side and two on the other so over here we'd call that a four by four. Yeah, because we all count the eye guards. Yeah, well, I still got three <laughs> points on the main beam too. So, but um, um, yeah, that one there was two two years ago, right? When I was gonna shoot. No, it was last year. Yeah, when he came last year, across. the first time I seen him, I just seen him real quick, which was three years ago, and he was a good good three point then. But nothing like he is now. And when you saw him last year, he last was year, last year when I seen him, I was hunting the evening. They were hunting the back part of the unit because um, they always go like walk all these old skid roads and stuff back there. And there's quite a few other clear cuts back there that they like to check. And I was sitting for about two and a half hours, and I glass and glass and glass, and then all of a sudden I glassed and holy shit, some bitch is staring right at me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, there he is, you know? So I, there's a 325-yard 300, shot to where he was at. But all I could see was his head, but there's a little opening off to the left, and he was kind of moving that way. So I got, got rested up and was watching him through my scope, move, 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 and then uh, somebody decided that that day was the day that they were going to, walk back in a unit and sight their rifle in and busted him out of there so oh, that was a bummer that was frustrating that was a bummer um yeah and the other one that guy he's a ghost yeah that deer's weird man i mean i put bait out there and it's like when i put bait out there it's like it he just disappears like he won't touch it He's it's smart. Weird. That's why he's old. I think it's like he, it's a different form of pressure for him, you know. Cause I've heard like, that with like guys that whitetail hunt and stuff. And a lot of the, like, we have some guys just right over the border that hunt whitetails and you can bait in Washington. Yeah. And they talk about doing a triangle, but we can use a scrape, you know. I don't know how scrape hunting would work for blacktails. Do blacktails scrape? I don't know either, but I tell you one damn thing. Uh, if anyone's going to figure it out, it's going to be Jasper and I this next year. They don't so. scrape. They do, they do rubs, though. They do rubs. They do do some rubs, and I have noticed over the years that most of the time when I find fresh rubs on trees in October, we normally kill a, a buck in that area within really? two or three days. Because they rub in october yeah that... so season started on the 16th this year that was the day jasper shot old big three and um you know i mean sometimes like jasper's deer he was like probably half rutted like his neck was pretty swollen up and stuff but his glands weren't all the way out but he stunk like a son of a bitch dude like so See, bad. i'm gonna that i think i'm gonna use that picture as the cover for this one this episode when we put it out that that deer is just you guys like if you don't know blacktails this is a massive blacktail 
I mean, the the craziest thing about that deer is um, we've shot quite a few other deer out of their two points and stuff. And like Jasper's first deer that he shot was a two point. And we can hold it right next to that deer's antlers and you can see like the characteristics. So it carried over. Yeah. Same um, genetics. Because it's got like a hook on the front points and it hooks it distinctly kind of to the to the right and to the left, almost out. And if you hold it next to Jasper's first deer, it almost matches up perfectly. Wow. Even though Jasper's first deer was quite a bit smaller. Well, quite a bit. A lot yeah, smaller. a lot smaller. So before we get any further into this i'm gonna kind of sidetrack us how'd you get involved in hunting jasper um i grew up with it. my dad when i was younger i always remember seeing him bringing deer back home and i was like oh that's cool i want to do that i want to do that but at first i was like a little like shy to shoot guns because my ears were kind of messed up and I didn't like the noise. And then he started taking me out hunting before I had a license. Like I didn't go shoot nothing, but just to come along with. And then I was like, okay. And then I decided, you know, I want to go kill a deer. And my dad, we did the hunter's head thing when I was 11. I shot my first deer when I was 11 years old. We deferred your hunter's head for your first year. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I did it with a. Did you do a mentor, a yeah. mentor hunt? Yeah, you can defer it once in Washington. <laughs> they started doing that in Idaho too, so now you can. For your first year, you can do a mentor. That's pretty cool. I think that's a pretty cool program, or you know, a way to get people involved in it. I agree. You know, but like so, from when you started to now, like. Are you getting more and more passionate about it? I oh, mean, yeah. is it an addiction? Do you love it? I love it. Shit, There's... he passed on like six bucks in Montana. A lot. Before we finally just tagged out on Forkies the last day. And I yeah. mean, we were there from, what did we get there? Saturday, Saturday night. So we hunted Sunday to Friday. Yeah. No, Saturday evening to Friday. Friday was the last day there. We all tagged out on Friday. Uh, the rut kicked in on Friday and everything just went crazy. Deer were coming out left I mean, right. he passed on taking a shot on a, a whitetail that was over 150 inches. That's another side story that we'll get to here. Yeah, before we get past, before I'm gonna stick onto this Jasper getting into hunting. How did you get Jasper into hunting? How do you think you got it? Like, I heard his version, but I'd like to hear your side of the story. Oh, I just like, constantly would ask him when he was going to go, you know, and at his own leisure, of course, you know, because I don't like forcing the kids to do shit they don't want to do, unless it's chores or listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think mainly what got him warmed up to it was getting him over his ear thing and getting him out shooting. Because Jasper never even shot a big gun until he killed his first deer. Really? I made him shoot. Yeah, he didn't let me shoot. I made white him tail. shoot a twenty-two and stuff, target shooting for a really long time, just just so I knew he was like comfortable because he was worried about how loud the big gun was going to be, how bad the kick was going to be, and I didn't want him to go target shooting and then like develop a flinch. You know yeah. what I mean? So 
I just I just did that, and then when we took him out, I think it was day two. It was opening day. Or yeah, you're right. It was opening day, and um, first thing in the morning, we went out in our unit, and we kind of walked in a little bit early, real slow, and then got up on this ridge. And uh, right when shooting light hit, there was a two point coming across the ridge on the other side at uh, about 215 yards. And I set up the bog pod for him, and he he dumped it. It kind of freaked him out. Like stoked. Kind of freaked him out because it did the death bone real bad. Yeah, I've never. That's the first. Well, this one did it so loud. Like it was crazy. It echoed it all echoed. the way through the clear cut in the woods. I've never yeah. heard a deer make that loud of a noise. And I, it kind of takes it. It almost. I don't know how to explain it, but I it, thought I messed up the shot. But once we got there, it yeah, was, he was real upset because he thought he made a bad. But that's shot. good to be upset, though. I mean, that's. I mean, if you did that and weren't upset. <clears throat> There'd, there'd be something wrong. It was like the... <laughs> Everybody, even like... Every time I shoot an animal now, like, to this day... You always got to think Well, you, you feel bad. Yeah. But, when you're eating the meat... Uh -huh, like that uh, backstrap we had. Yeah. Night, that was pretty oh, that was delicious. It was so tender. Yeah, the stuff... So... Jasper shoots the three by three. Oh, it's a four point. Okay, so <laughs> four so by four. Like <laughs> but he's got a sticker on the other side. Five by four. Yeah. So I guess. So then you guys, uh, you want the full story of how this all happened? Yeah. So so the the day of opening, I didn't actually plan on going hunting. I was fishing. I was fishing first, and I hung out with my buddy for a bit, and then on the way back home, my brother texted me and said, I was working. Yeah. My brother said, hey, uh, want me to come pick you up? I'll come take you out hunting. And I was like, sure, why not? Went out there. On the way in, we saw, like, a doe and a spike, and they hopped off into the brush, and then we kept on walking, and it got, it was getting real close to dark, and I'm like, man. Got skunked today, nothing. And on the way out, where we saw them does, I was like, my brother's like, all right. No, Sean wanted you to go a different way first, remember? That was on the way in. On the way out, I thought. Oh, yeah, he wanted to go through the other way. Yeah. But. Mind you, there's like five different ways. <laughs> I said, well, let's go back where we saw the does. And on the way up the hill I loaded my gun just in case there was a buck walked up there real quietly and I came up and I was staring at my feet making sure I was walking quietly and I heard my brother say wow that's a buck and I look up and it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it, probably exactly how he said it too it, Sean. it looked up at me and stared at me and I was like holy crap that is a buck <laughs> that's a big one and I like at first when I saw it like, as I was coming up that hill, I'd be like, it'd be really nice if there was a nice buck on top of the hill. So when I looked up and saw it, I thought I was seeing stuff. And I was yeah. like, what the heck? And then my brother's like, shoot it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. And I shot it. And it literally just sat there like I didn't hit it. And I'm like, oh. And I went to take the second shot, and I hit it in the guts. But 
finds out when we gutted it, the lungs were blown to pieces, so the first shot was perfectly fine. And he just didn't. It didn't even phase him. It didn't well, phase it started him. to move when he went to take his second shot. Yeah. So I thought he was gonna start running away, and I was like, nope, not going on that. That's awesome. It wasn't too bad in the guts either. He kind of just nicked it and then got a little like a the, liver shot. Got a little bit of the front of the back hind quarter. And I got mm. the bullet back in the hide. That's awesome. That's something though. Like everybody should do is do a follow up shot. You know, like if you're confident, uh, it's not laying on shot, the ground looking yeah. like it's dead. It's getting shot again. Yeah, my book. And that's yeah. something you picked up from your dad. He's taught you that. That's cool. Even when they're like, there's a lot of like, including myself that like. We freeze up, you know, when it comes time to do the second shot. Right. <clears throat> yeah, we had to put two in the ones in Montana, too. Three in mine. Yeah, three in his. They, uh, just the kicking bothers me, and I just... I, it doesn't you want to get them... It doesn't look like they're dead. Sure, yeah. yeah. It really doesn't look like they're dead when they, they are. But I want to be sure that they're not alive and sitting there in pain. Yeah. So, you guys get the deer. Well, you call. Do you get your? It, I did, was hunting in the other spot. Did I you hear got, him shooting? Yeah, I heard him shoot. I called him because I heard I heard the shot because I was hunting the spot where I sit because I got there late because I worked that Saturday. Mm. And um, no, I, I drove from you. I drove from Redmond to get there. No, I called you first, and you were like panicking. You're like, who's a freak? Just shot a shot a humongous buck he's like hold on i gotta go i gotta get this buck and i'm like oh shit man because he had shot twice <laughs> and i'm like son of a bitch something must have went wrong you know so i started running man and i must have fell on my face three or four times going through that canyon and up that hill and that hill is like oh i dude. don't know 60 percent <laughs> slope it's, it's a death as, march steep as hell and it's got clay and, <laughs> and stuff it's got clay in it slippery and i'm running and running and he calls me and he's like dad he's like it's dead on the ground in front of me i just i touched it he's like it's so beautiful and i'm like sweet i'm like i'm on my way man and by the time i <laughs> i was like don't send me any pictures because i want to see how big this thing is with my eyes first and um by the time i got there it was dark Man, and when I shined my headlamp on that thing, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> Just literally super proud exactly. dad moment. Yeah. Your two like, sons are out there job. by themselves. And I was like, that's that deer I was after. I was like, <laughs> I'm glad he got it instead of me, though, because it was a lot, lot better. But, man, it took us... Um, it's the one time I didn't have game bags in my pack. So we had to drag it. Three and a half hours to get that son bitch out, and it was flat and then downhill to get it out. And it still took three and a half hours. Wow. How far back do you think you uh, About three, I think that's 3.2 miles to there. Maybe, no, it's not So it says on my phone every time I walk that far. Yeah, but you were, you were towards the front, so that cuts off more. Because huh? it's seven and a half, seven and a half miles one way to the back, very back. Oh. So you guys were probably three, three maybe four miles. 
It was tough, dude. That deer. Uh, I don't know how much everything. that son bitch weighed, but I bet you it weighed two fifty on the hoof. Wow. If not more. It's it huge. was heavy. You should have seen the body hanging in the garage. Its neck was like. It, its nose was probably. You got to see it in real life. Yeah. Its nose was probably. I saw the cape and the three head feet off and the, the horns. I took yeah. a picture of you holding it out here in the driveway. That's a good picture. That and guy. just so you guys know. They brought their deer all the way over here. I don't know if you remember the last podcast I did with Andrew Lovick and Sean Johnson. Um, Andrew has a taxidermy studio. It's Wildlife Creations. And they brought that deer over here for them to do. He does amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, we looked through his mounts pretty thoroughly when we dropped that thing off. and They were um, all perfect. There's something to be said about when you walk into a taxidermy studio and the first thing you look at is cats and they're like impeccable. It yeah. looks real. Like, like cats, a bear? cats are the hardest thing to do and not, I haven't seen them pulled off like that before. Remember the one we saw in Shields that had like a balloon head? Yeah. <laughs> that was all messed up. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said about good taxidermy work, that's for sure. And that buck deserves like the best. Yeah, and then that was um that was pretty much our Washington season. I passed on I don't know 13, 10, 14. 10 plus deer. Cause I want I really wanted a shot at that other one and I got you're two, on two, buck. two glimpses at that other buck, and it was never the one time I probably could have shot, but there was brush in the way, so I didn't shoot. I get the that 100%. Time, second time, I was glassing real hard, and there was like three minutes of shooting hours left, and he come out, and it was just like he knew I was there, dude, and he went right back into the forest. <laughs> like, But that's when I really got like a good side view of him and seeing how big his eye guards are this time, and I was I about shit myself, man. <laughs> I mean, trail cam picks are nice, but they don't really show you what you see with your eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. Like, that's something that always surprises me. Because I had that buck on trail camera out back. And when I got the picture of that buck, I was like, eh. And then when I saw him in person, yeah. it's a whole different thing. Yeah. But, um, so you guys came over here, you picked up the wall tent, that was a week ago. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was, that uh, was a week ago tomorrow. Yeah. Or no, a week ago Saturday. Saturday. So you came over, you got the wall tent, you head to Montana, you were there for a week or Saturday to Friday. No, you weren't here last... You came here last weekend. Yeah. You got here Saturday last yep. weekend yeah. to come back. So you've you've been a week and a half now? This So this Saturday would be two weeks. Yeah. Yep. Two weeks. So you go to Montana. Mon Montana started out... I mean, we saw a lot of deer every day over there, but it was just slow and nothing was rutting and... And we were seeing a lot of little forkies, like the first couple of days, we seen some little forkies and about eight or nine does together. And um, Jasper wasn't interested in shooting those and neither was I. You know, and this is our first time ever going to Montana. We kind of just, you were cho we chose a region and I 
dug in deep on Onyx and Google Maps and found an area, and that's where we went. And it was nice there. Um, it was beautiful. So Saturday, Saturday evening, or no, we hunted. First time we hunted was Sunday evening. Got on those deer first thing, followed them through quite a few ridges for about five or six miles. Kind of gave us a little better lay of the land, you know? Yeah. And then that was those ridges that we hunted till Tuesday. when That's when the wind started, right? Was what Monday was the day that I spotted those deer from like 700 yards away, right? Yeah. And they... That was when we got back from Mile City because of the snafu with your tags. Yeah. We had to run to Mile City and get your tags. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. So well, like, that what was the process with that. That was the deal. Is just like when I first started this thing, I wasn't. I thought he had to draw too. That's how we ended up here. So I put in the paperwork for him, sent it, and then they mailed it back. And I'm like, oh fuck, you know. So I called them and they're like, oh yeah, if, if you messed up on it, it's too late. You can't resubmit it and I'm like great now he's not gonna have tags and I got drawn so I called Idaho fishing game I'm like hey you guys got any whitetail tags and they're like oh yeah and I'm like okay well I'll take one for Jasper you know because I didn't want <laughs> yeah. him to miss out on going out of state and hunting for his first time like I'd promised yeah and um and then um I talked to fishing game in Montana again and I was like, is there anything that my kid can buy? Because he's going to be like honest. And she's like, oh, well, if you got drawn, he doesn't have to be drawn. You can buy his tags as long as you have your... I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so... Well, that's pretty she's cool. She's like, just pick them up when you get to Montana. So, well, the detail I missed was I had to pick it up at Fish and Wildlife. At the regional office? Yes, at a regional office. So... And we came on a weekend, so I had to run to Mile City, which was a four-hour drive on Monday. So we got up early, got on some deer at first light. Oh, yeah. Before we that. left, found another forky, and I was like, okay, let's just go to Mile City. It's a small. Drove to Mile City and saw, like, 180-inch deer the whole way there and back. <laughs> on private land, just standing next to the road. And that then, uh, huge one. Yeah, and then we got back and hunted the evening on them ridges again and glassed up some. And they were, what were they, 800-something yards away? Or no, those were the 700. 700. 700. So we went, dropped down a couple hundred feet, went about a mile and around and up this steep-ass ridge to try and get on them. And the wind kind of sh shifted with the evening thermals. And... Um, they they winded us and we watched them run like 900 yards away <laughs> dude they can move like they can travel ground like in a snap yeah they the mule deer disappear really pretty really pretty quick for how open the country is over there it's in region seven so it kind of gives everybody an idea of how open the stuff is um and then the wind i think it was tuesday the wind started and it was like blowing 30 to 50 miles an hour at night it was like in the day 50s. and it was just miserable. our power went out the night before that because yeah. you texted me and said windy how haunting slow how is it over there i mean we were able to like scrounge up a couple deer here and there out hiking in that wind but man it was 
friggin' miserable. It was gusting. Well, the wind, we had on the moor down, down here on the lake, they've got a weather barge out there, and it calculates wind speed and stuff, and that hit 70 miles an hour. Didn't it, did it hit 70 or 70? It was 70 miles an hour is what it peaked at. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, and then that one night we were coming back from walking these ridges and we had a little bit of, little bit of shooting hours left and uh, this two point came out, man. I mean, he was like 50 yards away. And I had never seen a two point with a body the size that thing had. And I was like, ah, I'll shoot it. Jasper was passing on them all. And, uh, sure shit, I missed that son of a bitch at 50 yards. <laughs> Watched my bullet hit the ground behind him. He just kind of looking at me like, what the fuck, asshole? And off he went. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I rushed that shot real bad. I did it this year on a big movie. I, I had it happen to me three times on this trip. Um, which is not normal for me. <clears throat> I had it happen on another one, uh, whitetail, probably a 140 inch whitetail that Jasper did not want to shoot again. And it was 230 yards and uh, shot right over it. Oh, we also found like a ton of sheds. Yeah. You were picking, you did a video on your Facebook. Yeah. Picking up sheds. Well, so when he missed that whitetail, when I was looking to just to make sure it was dead, because I thought he hit it. I came up and over and there was like, almost like a little canyon. I wouldn't say it was a canyon, just kind of like a little, like where- Like a little draw, a little ravine. Yeah, like a little ravine. And I was walking in there and all of a sudden I came around and I'm like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, that's a horn. And I'm like, is that the deer? And then I'm like, oh no, that's a shed. And I picked it up and I'm like, cool. And then I walk and I see like bones from other animals and I'm like, huh. A bunch of like bones and stuff from dead animals. And then there was a deer leg, like a whole leg, like not a bone. Oh, really? Did you guys see any wolf sign over there? No, there's not many wolves in that area. I think the tag quota for over there is only like two or three. We, all, oh, we really? did see a coyote though and it was really pretty. Yeah, it was a nice guy. It had like red and stuff on it. I would have tanned that one if I had shot it. It was on private land though. Yeah, he was lucky. That was the, that was kind of a dark day that day. We found them sheds. That was about the best part. And then we were hunting some private land. Or not private land. Public land on the right side of that road. And it was private land on the left side. And that's when that big white tail would come out. And... uh I plugged that with a quartering, quartering away shot. And then Jasper, Jasper's like, dad, he's like, I just pulled up my phone and we're not on public land no more. And I was like, fuck, great. So we went and knocked on the, the owner's door, found his house and uh, found him. And I told him, I said, hey, you know, I thought I was, still on public land but I was barely on your land and I just plugged a deer I was like I'm gonna turn myself in now so if you need to call fishing game or I know it's gonna take a while for him to get here you know and he says well he says uh 
did you go get it yet? And I said, no, I came straight here as soon as I found out it was on your land. And he's like, well, let's go take a look for it. And we got up there and we're going through these coolies and found it and it wasn't dead yet. And uh, he said, hey, he said, that deer's gonna be fine. You can get in your car and head on out. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, I think that's the best idea for you. He says, you know, I, I lease this land out. And he said, I think you need to leave. It about made me sick. Yeah, so, but you were trying to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean. Oh, that's a tough situation, man. Pretty shit deal. Like, I mean, that deer That's probably, admirable that you did that. Probably got tore apart by freaking coyotes for all I know. You know. Or he might be still trucking along. Yeah, I, I, I doubt that, but. Yeah, so. That was a tough one for you, because you messaged me about it. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. I really didn't even want to hunt after that. Um, but, you know, it's like the guy kind of looked at me funny, and I was like, well, you know what, dude? I mean, it wasn't right. I'm trying to do the right thing, you know? So, yeah. Shitty deal. Real, real shitty deal. Hmm. That was on Thursday. And then uh, Friday was our last day there. And fuck, it was like a switch flipped. It was like deer everywhere. And they were dumb. And they were dumb. And uh, we came across that two point. And the, gosh, that son of a bitch was dumb, man. Dude, he's dumb. He stood there, and, I, and then I showed him, and then. He kept, he took a few more steps and then stood there again and looked at me and I shot him again. He just, by then he was down and uh, he was still kind of kicking and shit. So shot him in the neck. Shot one right through the base of his skull there on the neck, just to be sure. Just make sure you went down, yeah. And uh, then we got that sucker back to camp, quartered up and hung up and I was like, hey, let's go check that top of that other ridge where we haven't really hunted too much that day. And shit, before we even got to where we were going, I look over, man, and there is just a masher going through the dog hair. And uh, I'm like, oh shit, you know. Jump out of the car, get the gun ready, go darting off the damn road. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like looking for it and and Jasper's like dad there's a doe standing over there and I'm like I'm not looking for the doe and uh then I crouch down and look through the it's all that thin that thick ponderosa pine up there mm -hmm. and I seen the legs and I'm like oh shit so I laid down and then I'm like okay there's a shooting lane there and I'm looking at the deer through my scope and I'm like okay I see tall antlers that's got to be him meanwhile the big buck was standing 50 yards to my left and about 150 yards in and I didn't see him in an open. <laughs> Jas Jasper's watching this buck and I shoot the buck I see and then it starts to kind of go down a little bit. So I, I went after it so I get clear again of all that shit. And Jasper's like, what the heck, you missed? And I'm like, what? And then I 
plugged that other one again and put him down. And um, Jasper's like, the other puck was right there. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a two-point. But it was a big two-point, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's cool. So yeah. you guys tagged out. We saw Bobcat that day, too. Or was oh. that the day before? That was the day before. That was a nice Bobcat. Dude, he was... It, it was small, but coat. it was real pretty. So you tag out on Muley's, pack camp up, and then you head over here. Yep. And this one's been rough. Oh, yeah, it's been, been rough. real rough. We haven't even seen Adele. Trying to get Jasper's Grand Slam. He'll have Blacktail, Whitetail, and Mule Deer. Yep. But we're missing the Whitetail right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. But there's just... I think since that one place you guys were talking about closed down, everyone's up here now. Been a lot of hunters. Yeah. That's kind of been what I've, I've seen that now. Don't come to North Idaho. There ain't no deer here. Mm. Yeah, steer clear of North Idaho. I don't know. We're going to go out. So tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yep. We're, I'm getting up a three. I'm going to start cooking. And then we're going to get out. Hopefully about six-ish. And get out and try to find a deer for Jasper. He's just like at a doe stage right now. Oh. <sighs> Said he'd shoot a doe. I dare a doe to walk He needs a buck. So that's the plan. We're going to try to get one in that area we're going to tomorrow. Does it still yeah. count as the grand slam if I shoot a doe? I don't think so. Or you think well, it's a silt white toe. I think they have to be the same of all three. So you I'm gotta shoot sure. a fork and horn white. I never more. really think about crap like that. This is the, I don't know. This is the first year since I've started hunting. But I think that I did not shoot a deer in Washington. If you got a blacktail, regardless if it was a doe or a buck, a mule deer, and a whitetail, that's all three species. Still, so no, it doesn't true. matter. It's got horns or not. It'd I just be cool to say that you've killed all three in one year. Either That's, way, the song bitch is going to taste good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that meal deer was super, super tender. That was, ten, like, that was some of the yeah, best deer weird. meat I've ever had. I was surprised. It was, like, it was really fall apart. Gross. That was my deer, too. Yeah, so we cooked that up the other night. Josh cooked it for us. Brought in the back strap and sliced it thin and just seared it. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. Yeah. Just real quick on each side. Golly, it was good. Just fall apart in your mouth. What's that hot sauce that you're using? Uh, <laughs> I gotta car. find it. No, He's gonna go grab it. It's good. Jasper. <laughs> hey, no shit in your pants on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow bird sauce. That stuff is Hitchhiker. amazing. Guys, get a bottle of this and try it on your back. Habanero, garlic, and shiitake. And you don't mushroom. need much. You know what they should no, try? That stuff's good. I mean, it was like a drop. Yeah, it's just about perfect. Gosh, it's good. Very potent. You know what they should try? Hmm. Mad Dog 357. That's... No, don't Fourth do that. Fourth hottest sauce in the world. Dude, I had everybody at... What was it? I was some kind of holiday. Some event. kind of holiday trying it, dude. And people were getting cocky with it, and they were taking <laughs> big globs, dude, and they were dying. 
Ugh. I'm like, it's the fourth hottest sauce in the world. Take a little bit. Oh, no, I'll be fine. Someone, like, squirted, like, I don't know, like, a whole cap full in their mouth. And they just instantly regretted it. Like, their eyes widened up, and they were like, that was your sister's husband. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then Alex. Well, he hasn't made very good decisions so far. I haven't met him yet, but they got married in hunting season. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a baby in hunting season too, and then I shot a deer the on day the way after to the Chloe was born on the way back from the hospital to take Jasper to my dad. <laughs> Carmen was pissed. I called her because I seen it on the way home. And I'm like, that some bitch is gonna go into that public spot right there. So I kind of kicked it down a couple gears. Might have been speeding quite a bit. Got to the house pretty much through Jasper to my dad, which Jasper was two then. And grabbed my 4570 and out the door I went and I hauled ass back there, parked the truck, go running past the gate. And I'm like, son of a bitch, he's not here. And I walked a little bit further and then I hear and he stopped right in front of me and it dropped him. That was a nice, that was a nice revert deer. Um, like he had no teeth left, but he was only a two point, but he had mass and just, just an ugly rack. I got the rack at home still. Hank old, I, old oh, buck. Yeah, real old buck. Where at? Where is that at? It was, um, that was close to our, our area. No, no, not, no. I'm not going to say it out the loud rack. in case anyone in, uh, it's in the yeah, garage. we're not talking about... Uh, I don't want nobody in Washington finding out. Yeah. I want to know where the rack We're not going to be talking specific spots that here. spot to ourselves for almost 10 years. Yeah, you got to keep that Other stuff safe. one old man. Yeah. You can just talk about techniques and stuff like that. But uh, I called the old lady and was like, hey, babe. And uh, she's having... She's that was like, the day after we had Chloe... So she's in the hospital? Yeah, she's in the hospital. <laughs> and I called her and I said, hey, I'm going to be uh, about... An hour and 12 minutes late, and she's like, I swear to God, if you kill the fucking deer, don't even come back to the hospital. I'm like, I didn't kill a deer. I just have to gut one and get it hung up. And she hung up on me. <laughs> so so I hurried so much to the point where I forgot to like wash my hands and get all the blood and shit off me. And like, you know, the little bracelet they give you, like blood got inside it. Oh my God. And I got, <laughs> I got back to the hospital. I come running in there and the nurse looked at me and she says, what do you think you're doing? I was like, I hurried. And she's like, go take a shower right now. <laughs> The nurse uh, tells you this? Yes. Because I was covered in blood. Oh my hair. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh good thing COVID wasn't around then. Carmen Jeez. Car Carmen was just <laughs> oh like shaking her head and uh she was fine after that, but Well you gotta feed her good. Yeah. That was uh Carmen likes deer meat. Yeah, she does. She just don't like the killing part. I don't think anybody likes the killing part. No. I think we all like the meat. I agree. Like she nobody likes. To she see doesn't something. like to see him yeah. when they're hanging up in the garage and stuff like that. She'll come look just to appease us. But the older I get, the more sensitive I get about it. 
I was never as sensitive as I am now about it. Maybe that's why old timers don't hunt no more. Or the some knees. Or is it just the knees and I don't think you'd ever give it because it's not just I mean the hunt is there's a lot more than the killing. It's getting out there, it's providing without having to go to the store. Uh, yeah, but all the work you gotta do, like it's very rewarding when it all comes together. But at the same time It certainly isn't saving us money. No. But you're eating healthier. I agree with that. Like, it's like if you want to go buy meat why and it's just get the run of the muck or you could go buy meat. That's why we don't buy meat from the store. You know what we I mean? We're the buying the farm in Chimicum and we've bought our beef from Rod for, gosh, the last 10 years, something like that. But it's good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's all grass. It's really good for you. I mean, if we really wanted to, we could just take a drive down down the valley and go, hey, which one of these is our cow, Rod? <laughs> go give it a little Wagyu treatment, a little massage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go milk the bull. Oh, dude. <laughs> you should have seen the bulls in Montana running around out there on... Dude, freaking public land, man. They were humongous. One of them was like... That red one, Reggie. We what, called him Reggie. He dude, was not nice. Dude, he was like... Almost they, a like, 2,000... Was it free-range cattle? Yeah. yeah. Reggie was like almost a 2,000-pound bull. He was huge. I mean, it's, it's free-range, but they Chase got... car. The cattle guys got their... Their free range areas divided. Yeah. You know what I mean? They so got those, like, those little... Like, cattle guards? Yeah. Yeah. Jasper likes cattle gates, too. No, I don't. I have to open them. <laughs> Jasper, wake up. Dude, oh, he was it. wide awake that whole trip, man. Well, so tomorrow we're going to go out, kill a whitetail. Oh, yeah. Two whitetail. I'm not killing one tomorrow. You're killing one tomorrow. Well, after I kill one and we see another one, you better shoot it. Stephen's got history to try and make some progress on. It's like you guys with your black tails. I should. I, first. I. This was the first year that, since I've started hunting in Washington that I have not killed a deer. But you first, were holding out. I held out. You know, normally it's you know, oh that's a decent two point. You got quite a bit of meat on. Shoot it. You know what I mean. And I'm just. Uh, I'm over that now. Just. I, I want to get personal with, I guess, things that I've seen a lot of for so long. Yeah. <laughs> Jasper. <laughs> you're, gonna hunt, you're gonna hunt Jasper tomorrow. Oh, jeez, dude. I really. Hopefully, want... Jasper can hold still tomorrow. No, if I could find. Uh... We'll see. I I gotta I gotta find a way to try and do like you guys do with your scrapes and stuff like you and Troy. That guy that you sent, you sent that guy's info over to me. Looks like oh that blacktail seminar yeah. yeah. Um, he yeah, uses sense and calls year. and man that was, I'd love to go sit on and listen to that. Jasper's like, super interested in the calling and the sense and stuff too. Well, so yeah. listen to this. One of my buddies. 
he was he was road hunting, but out the window he was like he was like doing one of those doe bleat calls in a can, and he was doing it out the window the whole way up the road, and then you know a buck came out and they spooked it. He hopped out of the car, he kept on doing it, and it came back and he shot it and it was a big three point. Really. And then in Alaska they used a call. Yeah, for Sitka Blasco. Sitka Blacktails. Sitka yeah. Black Blacktails. And they, that's the only way they hunt them. They, call, they sit and they call them in. Mm-hmm. And they get them real close. Yeah. Steve Rinello has a whole podcast all about that. Super cool. I wonder if you could, I mean, they're the same deer. Yeah. I mean, they're just on Sitka. Right. But. No, on this next year, man, we're going to do some tree standing and, um. I'm It'd be super guy. cool if you guys figured out a pattern and were able to, like... The thing about that area where those deer are, they don't really go too far. Yeah. They just so stay in there. There's, there's, like, three corridors that those deer use all the time. And it's either in the front through the clear cut or right behind the clear cut through the maples. And then they always go up and through the maples back to that road system where those other clear cuts are and then a lot of times back there because it's so thick on the left side they'll just walk on the road my deer came out of i know where your deer came out of he came out of that one trail sure you don't say it (laughs) yeah Yeah. we can't give away any spots that's that's the back way (laughs) that's the back way from that front clear cut if they went up and to the left. He came to an animal trail. I know. Oh, but okay. That's where all that leads to. That's through that big timber. That's pretty open. Yeah, but he, dude, that stuff is so thick. I went to walk back there just to see. Yeah, it's thick for about 100 yards. Dude, everywhere stuff. in Washington is thick. Mm, it depends on where you're at. Dude, I think so. It's the area pretty, you guys are hunting is it, thick. Yeah. It's pretty much clear cut now. When Pope sold out for oh, a yeah. year, they kind of did a mad dash, clear cut everything before they sold out. So there's a lot of new cuts that are going to be pretty productive. We have one other spot that we hunt out there that's in a completely different area. And uh, I passed on some really, really nice bucks out there this year. Because I don't like our area. Like Jasper got a deer the first day. I hunted it two more times and then I left it for over a week maybe even a little bit longer and then I hunted it like the last four days of season because I don't like to be in there too much yeah over pressure yeah because there's like one other old man that hunts out there and he always hunts in the back where the kids hunt and then I saw two three other people in there but they were in the back one day when I was by myself but that's because the land that we hunt back there is state and the stuff in the front is rainier um and you gotta you gotta buy a permit for rainier it's it's like 160 bucks for walk-in access it's stupid but uh that old man i haven't seen i didn't see him this year i did oh you did he always drags out a deer yeah. out of there. 
Was that the one that was dragging out time? the humongous deer from back there? No. That was someone else, and that deer looked just like your deer, but smaller. And they never... And your deer is humongous. I haven't seen that guy back there since. I think he was from out of state, which was kind of weird. I'm like, you're going to come to Washington from out of state and hunt blacktails. You go to Alaska for that. <laughs> I'm going to come to Washington from out of state and hunt blacktails soon. We'll take you out. Should I just do a Rosie hunt. Dude, I'd love to do that. Rosie. I want to do a muzzle loader Rosie hunt up on the west end. I want to come here and hunt Rockies. Rockies. You ever start shooting a bow? Yeah. It's your best chance. See me shoot a bow. I'll try and hit an elk and I'll hit. I think if you picked up a bow and started practicing with it, shooting, like, you'd fall in love with it. Uh, you you hit your form down first, and you'd be fine. You want to shoot, like, so two or three arrows at least every other day, you know? I try to shoot every day, but, I, I mean, it's in reality, it's every other day. Yeah, because you get home at dark from work. Well, not in the summertime. I shoot all summer. You should, have you told the story about what happened to your big elk that you were trying to get? No. That'll be another podcast. Oh, okay. For sure. If Mark was here, we'd do it. But I wanted to get your guys' story on the deer hunting. Yeah. That was cool. Blacktail? Yeah, well, all this good trip, I will definitely like, be going It's back been a crazy little hunt for you guys. It's been nonstop hunting almost since October. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You look tired. I'm. I miss my my kids and my wife. Yeah. You got Jasper here. The baby's not here though. Not as Chloe. Yeah, the baby thing's tough. Yeah. Dude, the baby. The baby broke her foot the day these guys got here to the house, and oh. then left. Stacy told me. Yeah. We knew before you did, because mm -hmm. <laughs> Carmen was like freaking out. She didn't know how to put it to you, not make you worry. I wasn't surprised. That baby is a daredevil. She's fearless. She's pretty a much. dinosaur. She's, I know. <laughs> She's, She's just like her daddy. Oh, Damn okay. wrecking ball. <laughs> That's yeah. a fact. She like runs a bowl like a, in a china cabinet. She literally runs like a gorilla. Like she has her fists all like closed together and like her arms stuck out i got a picture stacy's got it on her phone oh, it's a picture of her the face roundhouse and dad to the face yeah. <laughs> full out roundhouse that was funny super funny yeah she clocked me good right on your floor <laughs> oh i love that picture well if we get something tomorrow We'll re-record something tomorrow. Well, we're not going to re-record. We'll record something again to add to this. Yeah. So this is kind of like the interlude to tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the end of our podcast. All right. And we'll talk about our last whitetail hunt. Your guys' last whitetail hunt. It's my first time being able to hunt with you. I had to work all week. But uh, I'm super pumped you guys are here. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. So with that, thank you guys for listening, and we will get back on here tomorrow night and record the final hunt. Yep. Hopefully, Hopefully Jasper 
gets his white tail. The success. All right, guys. So we'll, yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, guys. Welcome back. This is going to be the closeout to Josh and Jasper's hunt. Um, they're not here. So what happened was we got, we got up yesterday morning, Thanksgiving morning, and we went for a hunt in the local spot and just nothing happened. And then we got back about 11 o'clock. No, it was like 10, it was 1030. We got back and, uh, just did the Thanksgiving dinner thing. I had a bear ham smoking and a turkey cooking and a bunch of food to get ready. Um, and then Dan Crollo, I think you guys heard him on the first episode. He was here and he drove to the back side of the property here at, he got here at one thirty and drove back there and he ended up shooting a really nice buck in the back, in the back 40 here. So <laughs> they were just like, I got my brother Nels here tonight with me. He's going to help me close this thing out. Nels has been deer hunting too. Kind of shy when it comes to podcasts. Oh, I didn't my even voice, open my beer. My voice is out there now on the World Wide Web. <laughs> and I don't know how to take it yet. I'm not really sure. This is your first appearance on the this podcast. Is my first. I am like the squash <laughs> of the podcast right now. Oh. Anyways, guys, um, Dad, now let's talk a little bit about your deer season. Let's make this a deer episode. So, I have not, not killed anything this year for whitetails. I am getting into more of the mountain whitetail stuff after listening to Steven talk about it and then seeing some of his footage and um, learning from him pretty much on what to do as far as mountain whitetail stuff goes. It's just a completely different game from what I'm used to. Like we used to go down south and hunt deer and you get like three or four guys and you do a push and don't get me wrong, you'd see big deer, but they were running away from you and you had so much time to get a shot and I don't I don't know like it's like just it's just different and not saying you can't do it that way like there's nothing wrong with it there's a it's lot fun. of people that have success with it it's just I'm more of a I like to do stuff more of the tactical side like I, I'm an elk hunter and I like hunting and knowing like the strategic way to go about like setting up a game an plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As far as and like chasing animals go, like I, I love deer hunting, but yeah, I'm an elk hunter. I spend more time elk hunting than I do deer. And by the time I get to deer season, I'm like whooped because i give everything i have yeah for rifle like all my energy is put out for rifle so when it comes to deer i'm not really looking to fill my tag necessarily i just i'd rather look for one of those old moss backs and yeah. i'm kind of figuring out 
what to do as far as that goes. So yeah, we were talking about like elevations and in pa uh, patterning movement earlier and stuff. Uh, looking at terrain features, looking at habitat, the way does use a mountain versus the way bucks move use a mountain, especially right now. Um, I've noticed. I went out this morning. And this, like, every time I go out, I'm learning something. But this particular spot I've sat, this is my third time sitting it. And I notice the does are always on a vertical movement in this spot. And every time I see a buck, it's a horizontal movement. They come across on a horizontal. And I've heard other people talk about that. Uh, if you guys don't know uh, Troy Pottinger, Troy... I've done in Troy's boot camp, and Troy talks a lot about how deer move and use terrain. Uh, and you expect, like, if you haven't, look him up, and if you can afford it, go to his boot camp. It is well worth it. He, like, does boots on the ground with you. He doesn't take a big class. I don't think he takes more than 12 people. And he literally will walk through exactly how he sets up scouts, shed hunts, set scrapes up he talks about doe movement buck movement he just troy he's been doing it for a long time and the guy just like he's a stud when it comes to it the guy's really good at what he does i did one of his boot camps and that's something he talked about was do does always move vertical the bucks move horizontal so if you find that elevation that the bucks are using to travel on horizontally you can really like that can help you narrow down and nice the nice thing is right now we got snow and you can tr see the tracks in the snow you can see your buck tracks you know learn to distinguish buck tracks from doe tracks and mm -hmm. stuff but you can definitely tell like when you find those buck tracks they're on a horizontal movement and the does are on a vertical movement i watched that happen this morning i didn't see any bucks this morning i saw six does but they were all on a vertical movement do you see much of a change when it comes to like high elevation so like let's say you're getting a lot of snow like the feed is like as far as one of my spots goes like i've been going in there and checking it out and there's a lot of tracks, but do you see, like, a concentration? Like, will they still stay up in these places when there's more snow? Yeah. Like, does that matter? No. I I mean, it like, if you're talking bucks, no. They will migrate out of that, but those, those older bucks, they will stay high for a long time. You won't see as much sign because you're hunting a couple bucks. You're hunt, you're not hunting a deer herd. You know what? Like yeah, when we the stuff we're used to, agland and mm -hmm. yeah, lower elevation spots, it's mm -hmm. completely different. I mean, yeah, there's some deer that are moving out of that area, but those older bucks they tend to hang out a lot longer. Like, and that's just based off of my trail camera. I haven't personally seen so it other than without giving trail spots away or anything but what's like an elevation you typically see your deer around my f my two hitless bucks are at 4500 feet see and i'm seeing mine like 32 3500 
Yeah. And they're going. And they're that's, still using it. And there's, it's weird because when I went into this spot, there was a ton of old rubs, and I thought they were ancient. Like they, they were, like I was walking through this area, and there was some huge rubs, but they were all old. I didn't see any fresh sign, and I. I honestly didn't care about it. And then Gittle, he's like, yeah, you better start marking that stuff down on your Onyx. And so I was like, oh, whatever, I'll do it. And I was that guy that had, I don't know. There's how many, how many rubs are in this little area? This is probably, this is like within... A two-mile radius. He's got his Onyx out right now. He's There's showing me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight, and then eight rubs and like five scrapes that I've found in here. Yeah. But they were, I didn't, so the first time I went in there, I only found, I found two rubs. And they were, they yeah, they were super old. I didn't think anything would be trout. Like, it might have been an elk or a small elk, and I didn't know, so I just was like, whatever. Like, I'm mm -hmm. just going to mark it down. And towards the tail end of the season where we are now, I went in there last weekend and was like, you know, I'm just going to check this out and see if, there's anything still hanging around in here and all those rubs were redone and there wasn't any scrapes before and then all those scrapes are new and it was like there I don't I've just I've never really gone off a sign like that like when we hunted before down south in the that's something we always overlooked it was like oh yeah there's a scrape but it's like now when we I were look just at a looking scrape, for tracks like in a spot and like oh there's deer in here let's do a push and yeah you'd never see that deer again because you'd scare him out of the country yeah. <laughs> or you'd kill him but you know something that i've really noticed myself doing over the last year now to no last the last two years now is when I find that sign, when I find a scrape, I'm trying to visualize in my head, what's going on here? Why is this in this spot? And I get on Onyx and you mark the waypoint and you find that elevation. And you're looking for train features. You're looking for edges. It's you're weird. looking for licking branches. You're looking at, okay, like you're dissecting the scrape. And it's just, I mean, yeah, I haven't killed a big buck this year. And I... Not sure I'm going to kill a big buck this year, and I'm fine with that. I'm actually was talking to Nels about this earlier. Like I'm about ready to go do a doe hunt. I've got I've got late archery still, but we've gotten so much snow I can't get to my spot now. Some most of my spots I can't I can't get to to hunt, but I don't know the whole thing. Like I, it's going to be a big learning curve. It's going to be a big learning process, and I'm not expecting to just start killing monster bucks right off the bat. You know, and it it doesn't even have to be a monster buck. It's just a buck that I have history with. Is what I'm really wanting to achieve. You know, being mm -hmm. able to infiltrate it and 
dissect it and get that buck down. But it's been fun, and this whole season's been fun. I've learned a lot just from this season and dissecting all the stuff that I pulled in from the woods. And season started for me in March. As soon as I could get up at the mountain. Yeah. I think it was March. No, it wasn't March. It was April. That's when I was able to finally make it back up to my spots and start pulling camera cards. And it didn't stop all summer. It was every other weekend I was checking one of those scrapes up there. So I'll let you, I've been doing the one-month checks. That's what Troy recommends is, you know, don't go in there and... Just check cameras to check cameras. Like, go in there once a month. Try to leave as little bit of your scent. Or go just try to not bugger it up. Mm-hmm. Go in there and uh, leave as small as the den as you possibly can. Yeah, it's hard. Whitetails are just tough. Here. And when you start trying to hunt them this way, and I've been packing a bow pretty much the whole time. I packed a rifle a couple times, but um, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's really tough when you're, tr- especially when you're trying to kill a particular deer. You're not, you know. Yeah, and I'm not see, saying I go out there and just focused on setting up trail cameras. The thing is, is I think if you get hung up on a particular deer, there's a lot more heartache and there's a lot more stress. And I mean, it's to each their own. You might not get stressed. You might. I do. I get stressed out about it. I get. I. I think I get more worried about the approach that I take into going in and just checking cards. That's because it's like you mess up one time and that buck's gone forever. You mm-hmm. know. Um. I don't know. It's been. It's been fun learning curve. I've learned a lot this year when it comes to like reading terrain and stuff, and then. Yeah, marking up, like, old scrapes. You see videos of guys doing it back east, and then you're like, uh, I wonder if that applies to this area, because it's like, there's, it's so different, you know, as far as terrain goes. Yeah, we're but talking a thousand feet of elevation. There's you a know. lot of similarities, and, like, e-scouting, um, I wish I had the guys linked, but there's ways, like, so... Onyx, like, I use Onyx for, like, hunting and going into areas and checking them out. But another thing, like, if you're checking out an area, like, Steven and I were talking, and I have marks where I have these rubs and stuff, and where I've marked them, and it's weird. Like, you start seeing a system to how the rubs are like in this certain area there's a wall if you look on here there's a wall of rubs that i found on one side Mm -hmm. and then the scrapes are through the center but then like steven was saying bucks prefer saddles for scrapes and stuff And I was looking at my onyx, and that almost rings true, because where I'm marking these scrapes is right on the saddles. Well, just from what I've seen, and this, I mean, this is just, you guys, 
we don't know. I I'm new to this. Nels is new to this of this way, but um, the does since they move vertical up and down every day, if they can use a saddle to to go from one draw to the next draw, versus going up over these high peaks, they're gonna go. They know these areas. They know these saddles. Well, the bucks they're horizontal moving. You know they're they're patrolling these does on a horizontal plane, mm-hmm. and when you have that saddle that doe's gonna go up and over using that saddle because it's the easiest way for her to go up and over that ridge or that mountain it's the lowest you know it's just a, it's a nicer transition point um and that buck's gonna put a scrape right there and that's you know yeah that's what i've seen and like it's funny because one thing i've learned from like i i do a lot of shed hunting too and when just this goes for me like this isn't for other states this is just like north idaho from what i've learned i do a lot of shed hunting in the spring and i'll find i'll find sheds and feed areas but if i don't find the other side i'll mark it and most of the time the sheds are at the same elevation it's weird even yeah. for elk like it it's might like a be horizontal a, movement a thousand two thousand feet different but they're like if you look you're not finding a shed in the a bottom and then up on the ridge right it's a match yeah it's on that same it's on that elevation same within plane. a certain yeah. amount of yards and one thing i've noticed is like the snow lines too like that tends to change as far as sheds go but i mean it's like what i'm seeing this year um getting into like onyx and all this for looking at rubs and scrapes is i've found most of my stuff is around the same elevation and then last weekend i went out and i kind of was reading my map off all these scrapes that I was coming across and it was crazy because I was texting Steven and a couple other friends the same day and I was like, oh, found a scrape, send it to him. Yeah. Another one. Oh, found another. And I was <laughs> like, do I just sit here? Like, I know deer are moving through this area, but do I sit this or do I just keep going? And our buddy Chris was like, well, if you had that gut feeling sit and I was like, I don't know. It's just like... Each one of these I'm finding is getting hotter and hotter. hotter and hotter. And so I kept going and I'd still stop and I'd rattle. I'm, I love rattling this time of year. And anyway, the last scrape I found, it was super fresh and I rattled and I had a buck come in and I saw him 50 yards through the brush and I could see his body moving around. I just couldn't see his head, and I didn't want to take the shot because I didn't, I didn't, wasn't aware of what my target really was. Yeah. And I didn't want to shoot, and then it being like a spike or something. But yeah, that's just me. So, so I'll say this, and this is something that I've noticed from just 
running trail cameras. Just this is kind of the assumption that I've brought myself to with it, and this is this just has to do with movement of deer. Like what bucks are moving, does are moving. A buck's whole goal in life is to survive. Number one, mm-hmm. he has to survive, and then number two is breed. That's it. So he has to keep track of does. But at the same time, he's got to keep track of predators, right? And does the same. Their whole, but it's different. A does whole, I think in my head, this is what I built. But her whole game plan into surviving is she needs to. I don't to, want to be touched. She don't want to be touched. <laughs> but she, she's, to she wants to. <coughs> she also wants to breed, right? And But she has to, her, I think. Her number one is to survive, right? And then breed. But she has to raise the kids. And she has to provide food for the kids. And so she does a lot more searching. And, you know, I noticed this summer, like, just scouting and everything, all my does that I was watching and keeping track of were always in either the bottoms next to water. I think does need more water than bucks to produce milk, you know, produce protein for their fawns. I I just think it's more, I think it's a higher, they they need it more than a buck does. Like, I'm not saying that, how am I trying to put this? It's more vital to a doe to eat higher protein contents Mm -hmm. than a buck. But at the same time, it's not that much more because a buck's still growing antlers and I mean his body's consuming quite a bit and they're also recovering from the rut from the previous year because a buck runs a lot more than a doe does Mm -hmm. but a doe's got to find that spot where she feels safe to bring up her kids her fawns (laughs) she's got to raise her fawns in without getting harassed by bears and I mean she's got to be alert her whole but I think the main goal is she's got to raise those fawns up. That's her sole purpose in life is to basically eat well, keep her fawns healthy. So her job goes a little bit further than the buck's job, right? Mm -hmm. A buck's job is just to evade predators and breed a doe. So a buck is going to, if, if, if you think about it, like your only job is to keep away from people. You're always going to want the higher ground, right? Like, if somebody's hunting you, if you're in war, what, like, the number one strategy is get to higher ground. The higher ground, you always are on top of that game. And I think that has a lot to do with why they move horizontally on the mountain. If I'm walking across the top of a ridge, I can smell the whole side of the ridge if the thermals are working for me, right? Mm-hmm. If And bucks use thermals very, and so do does. Don't get me wrong. I think that horizontal movement, I see it where, you know, the mornings I see a lot of the doe movement hitting down the mountain. Or, I mean, sorry, not down the mountain, up the mountain. Coming up from the bottoms. And at night, I see a lot of that doe activity down in the bottoms. Early mornings, uh, I see a lot more does lower on the mountain when the thermals are dropping. But Mm -hmm. they're in that good food source. And then at you know, they move with the thermals. They transition from the bottoms to the tops. And those bucks, can, you know, since their whole goal is to survive, but breed, 
They're not just thinking about breeding in the rut. They're keeping tabs, especially up there with the lower deer densities. They're watching their doe groups all summer long. And they the best way for them to do that is to move horizontally on a mountainside. Because they can cover. They can yeah. smell. They, you know, a deer can smell like you wouldn't believe. You know, I've heard this said a thousand times now when we cook. Here we go. Thanksgiving dinner. When we cook Thanksgiving dinner. We smell kind of a mix of everything, and it's just this one aroma, and it just hits our nose, right? And a deer can smell the stuffing, can smell every little piece of the stuffing, can smell the turkey, the pepper, all the seasonings you use in that. Like, they, their nose is so important to them. And then, so if you take that into account, when they smell those does, when they're moving horizontally on the mountain, and that's why I think these scrapes in the summertime, like I'm using scrapes in the middle of summer and I got deer coming and they're hitting a licking branch. They can tell an individual deer just based on the scent left behind at that scrape from that doe coming up and hitting the licking branch. They can keep tabs on their does that way. That's one way for them to do it. But another way is for them to move horizontally on the mountain because they can say, oh, She's here, she's here, she's here. And they could be 500, 600 yards apart. But the way the thermals, when they're coming up the mountain in the morning, you know, after it warms up and they're moving horizontally on the mountain, they can smell down into this drainage. Oh, she's here still, she's here. All right, they're all still here. They're keeping tabs on their does. When the rut comes, they're, they're ahead of the game. They know, okay, She's here, she's here, she's here. This is their primary routes. And, like, if you can figure out those routes, if you could figure out that doe movement during the rut, I think it helps you narrow it down mm -hmm. on where to go. But it's not, I mean, it's easier said than done. Yeah. It's not just yeah. like. It's not like you go out there and you see the toad walking man, around. Man, it's like two years, uh, three years now. Three, three years now doing this, and it's like. Oh, it's tough. And I'm not just solely hunting two deer. Like, I'm going to different spots, but I'm just taking the stuff that I'm learning off my scrapes, off my cameras, off my, you know, mm -hmm. and applying it to different spots. So are there certain areas you prefer than others? Like I just look for, honestly, now my main goal is just, being that it's November, it's the rut. I'm going out looking for doe tracks, and I'm basing my sets on that horizontal movement theory that I've got. You know, and it's not just my theory. Troy's taught mm -hmm. me that. Troy talks about it a lot that does move vertical and bucks move. So, horizontal. is there certain cover that you yeah. think a doe would prefer this time of year rather than? I haven't seen much of a change in doe movement from their... I mean, they pretty much have their core area, and they just stick to it. A doe doesn't go, oh, it's the rut. I'm going to walk 20 miles this way. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I've seen the same does. They just keep coming in. They're using the same areas. The thing that changes is the bucks, and the bucks are the ones traveling now. You know, and it's like up in the mountains... I think if you find a area where there's more does or you know it's this is all theory that I'm putting together 
you're, you know, yeah. the higher doe density areas are the areas that those bucks are going to want to go. But that's not to say that a low density doe area that that buck's just like, no, this is where I'm staying. This is my hermit spot. This is where I want to live and I'm not leaving this. I've survived here and I'm going to breed these does that I've been with all summer and that's happy. You know, or you don't makes, think they travel out of there? No, I I think it just depends on the deer. I think it's yeah. completely dependent on the deer. I don't think it's like these higher elevation. You know, it's like, you know, we have friends that are super go-getters. They want to get out and they do work four jobs. They sleep three or four hours a day. And then we got friends that, you know, they're happy with their eight-hour job. They don't do side work. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Every every deer is different. Every deer is going to have its own personality. And it's just learning that deer's personality. But there's an overall kind of a broad spectrum of what most deer do, just like people. It's like when the county fair comes into town, most of the people go to the county fair. Not everybody goes to the county fair, but a lot of people go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But me and you, we've been the, there, most done of the that. Vac- and most we're of like, the vaccinated yeah. people go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are you vaccinated? No. Oh, are you? We can't be here. You're vaccinated? No, I'm not vaccinated. I identify as vaccinated, but I'm... Yeah, I'm not even going to answer uh, that. I'm one. not bringing this politic anyway. in here. <laughs> so, that's... I'm glad you brought up the wind thing, because I've been looking at stuff online, and there's this site you can go to, and it's called Wind Directory. It's a wind directory app or whatever, uh-huh. and you go on there, and I was checking out my area, and I mean, it's the mountains, so it's hard to say what the wind really does, like as far as the ridges, but for the most part, it's showing like the wind's moving in this direction, Yeah, and I can kind of go off of my terrain and look, and so I cross-reference... Um, my onyx i'll go i got um google and then you can go on your laptop and get bing and you can go to a bird's eye view or um oh it's google earth or something you can Mm -hmm. go and do the earth view yeah and you can switch it up like side to side and see different angles and sometimes it'll show you like different times of the year because the as far as the image and the direction you're putting the image in, sometimes it'll show you like the vegetation and stuff that's on the ground. And it might be like the picture was taken in late fall or early spring or something. Yeah. And it'll show you these trails. And as fall, like early spring and late fall, you can kind of see as far as like your rut areas you can kind of figure out because most of the like year or most of the winter they've been under snow so they haven't been touched so in like the early spring you can get that footprint of where those bucks were hanging out and i've kind of been going off of that and looking and using it to to kind of help you visualize what's going on yeah and it's kind of cool some of it might not be that accurate but you'd be surprised 
It's crazy, but like Onyx, if you just solely use Onyx, I've learned that it's not accurate yeah, at all. It's not. The terrain. Like, it's a good, with the satellite image, it's at least. Good it's not. For like but Google Earth. Marking your areas and yeah. GPS and all that goes, and line distance, like that helps a it's, ton. I mean, it's good to use it. I like to use it with the satellite image and the topo all integrated. Yeah. You know, so that you can see. You can, get, you can see how the terrain is but you also can look at your foilage and you can look at you right. know like and oh here see... i got dark timber on a north slope i've got dark timber on a south slope i have an edge here yeah but when you take like you're saying and you do google earth and then you pull your onyx up and you're looking in the same spots you know and you can cross reference it it's really good yeah it can help you a ton like even the wind directory stuff like just going into it from like an e-scouting side of things you can go and look at a spot on onyx and check it out and oh this has some good ridges and some good points like it looks like a really good area yeah and then you can go to that wind directory app and you can see what the wind's doing and how they use terrain to their advantage and then you can go and do the bing thing and you can check it out from different angles and see trails and all this it really does help you break down an area before you even set foot in it mm -hmm. and when you go to set foot in it you might not see deer but you like you've done a lot of the homework to where it's like there's a good possibility you'll see something Hurry. in there. What are you barking at? What? No. Stacy's out hunting in the back 40, by the way. So yeah, we're hoping she comes. We're walking. waiting for a gunshot ring. Hopefully. Hopefully. These haven't even been opened yet. It's oh, hot. it's. <laughs> Damn it. Nels Fuck just drops me. the phone. I'm Now the mic's going to be all oh messed up. Oh my gosh. Sorry about that. There's a thing <laughs> it's right in front of me. And it looked like candy cane cocoa spirals. And I am a oh. sucker for cookies. <laughs> I just see cocoa spirals like on this. It's hot chocolate. Yeah, it's, it's hot chocolate. It's not even close. <laughs> I am so let down right now. I didn't even care about the podcast. I was like, let me out these cookies. And yeah. not. Literally. So, Push the mic down. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thank you for listening to this. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I was really stoked. Jasper got a really nice black tail. They both tagged on mule deer. Josh is a great friend. He's been there for me for Oh, yeah. He's a really good Big guy. Time. And I'm kind of bummed I missed him. But you guys are on the same podcast, at least. So. Yeah. You got we're that. here, but <laughs> we're not here. So that's a wrap-up. Um, we're going to do some more deer podcasts because this has been a fun, like, learning... It's a huge learning curve. It's a big learning curve. It's like learning how to hunt yeah. something all over again. I and mean, I could go out and kill a deer any time of the year but i wanted to get into hunting like this is like instead of east meets west it's like west meets east yeah because we're like using 
We're trying to just do it how they do it on the yeah. East Coast, and you know all the I gear guess you east. used to get on trail cameras and stuff when yeah. we were younger, like doing bear baits or yeah. We'd just be like, oh yeah, cool, putting trail cameras up in elk areas. You're like, oh, you'd see a giant white tail, and it's like that thing's a ghost. It's untouchable. Yeah. You're never gonna find it. And I don't know. Slowly piecing together how to do it. It's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve, but. We're going to drag you guys along for it, so hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know I did. I did too. I'm still hurting from <laughs> all the turkey I consumed yesterday. Ugh. All right, we'll see you guys later. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, Night of Life Podcast, and we will see you on the next one. Bye.